we're finishing up the prayer series. And um, as we've been going through this, we've been looking at the Lord's Prayer as a, as a model prayer. Because so many times we, quite, we, we don't know what to do in this thing called prayer. Especially if, we knew, if we're new to our relationship with God and, and talking to God creator of the universe can be intimidating we're like i don't want to do it wrong and so we lock up or maybe this is kind of a trivial issue and god's kind of worried about whether or not war happens somewhere in the world or or starving people and you know all i am is a little bit frustrated with somebody in my life and maybe i don't need to bother him with that and i just need to get over it no god cares about every area of our lives and he really does and so let's just go ahead and get into our notes as we delve more into this because prayer is a vital part of our relationship with God. And Jesus taught us the basics of having a life-giving conversation with the Father. And he did that in Luke 11. We also see it in, uh, in Matthew. And where we have the Lord's Prayer. They are different words in Matthew than there are in Luke. That's because it was not designed as a prayer to be necessarily memorized and prayed back. There's nothing wrong with that if you like to do that. But what if that's all it is to you, you're missing the bigger point. And it's a, a, something that is a model and shows us how to pray. See, Luke 11, 1 through 4, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, Father, say, Father, I want to hit this one more time. Address him as Father. Address him as Daddy, as Papa. Recognize that that's who you're talking to. Yeah, he's all of those awesome, wonderful things that that King of Kings and Lord of Lords and all of those great things. But when we come to him, it's Father. We have to remember that. It, it, it sets our mindset right. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. We've got a video we've rolled just about every week that helps show this, how it, it's as a model prayer. Let's just go ahead and see that one more time. God, you are greater than anything this world has to offer. And I can't wait for you to come back and get us. But until that time comes, would you help me just to, just to live my life day after day as if I'm just walking hand in hand with you? God, I... I have a lot of needs, and I have a lot of wants. And sometimes I get those things confused. Help me to just trust you to meet my needs and be thankful when you give me those other things that I just want. God, I have blown it so many times today, and I'm sorry. Thank you for your forgiveness. I don't take it for granted. And God, as I start this day out i'm just reminded that this world is filled with so many spiritual potholes please help me to walk in such a way where i won't stumble so much and as i'm going through this day god help me to live my life in such a way that would bring you glory and honor may the life that i live be a life of worship to you amen See, it's, it's one of those things that it's just this, this model. These are the different things that God wants us to talk to him about. We've talked about the fact that he, to, be, to recognize that he's father, 
that he wants us involved in the kingdom and have kingdom business on our mind. Even before we talk about our sin stuff, even before we talk about what we're going to talk about today, which is temptation, before we talk about any of those other things, that he wants us engaged in what he's doing in our lives and in the lives of others. That he wants us talking about our daily needs. He understands you've got needs. And he wants you to, to look to him as the source for those things. And we talked about forgiveness last week and how that is so ours in Christ. And that we can, because we have been forgiven, we can freely forgive. And we don't have to live our life in tension with God or man. I tell you what, how many people's lives would just feel like ten times lighter if they would just forgive how many people would just walk around about half an inch taller, just a little more straight, if they'd just forgive? It's just, it's so burdensome. And he wants us to talk to him about that. And then this last piece is he wants us to talk to him about our struggles. He wants us to talk to him about the stuff that we are, that we are wanting to do that's destructive. You know, it's exciting to go into prayer when we've got something on our heart that we think God's going to be excited about. They're like, God, you know, I saw that my neighbor has some needs, and, and Lord, I want, to, I want to really be able to, to, be able to, to meet their needs. Lord, I'd like a little extra money in my budget this month to, to buy them some groceries. Or, Lord, give me some time to be able to do that. And we're excited because God's like, woohoo, yeah, that's my boy looking at this stuff, you know. We're excited to talk about God about those things. But we're all of a sudden, when we go... Um, we don't want to talk to him and say, well, God, um, you know, I, I'm really kind of thinking about, you know, skimming from the till at work and doing some a little bit of stealing from my boss. And I'm just going to give you a heads up on that, that I'm really thinking about that. And I really need some help to not do that because I'm probably going to do it if I'm left to myself. We're uncomfortable talking about that. Because that's just like, oh my gosh, we want to we want to talk to God when we're sorry for it, and like I'm ready to put it behind me, and God forgive me, and I was a moron, and Lord, and I'm ready to put this behind me, or God, I'm ready, I did something good, and we're gonna, and I want to talk about your kingdom, but when we're in the middle of the struggle, sometimes we don't want to talk to Him then, and we need to talk to Him then. We need to talk to him in the middle of the struggle, and it feels so awkward. Jonathan, come here. <laughs> Jonathan, do you uh, uh, you have a uh, twenty dollars? You do. Awesome. Awesome. Um, now I'm just going to give you a heads up. All right. Okay. And this is awkward. But I'm I'm pretty much thinking about punching you in the face and taking that twenty dollars. <laughs> and what I need you to do is I need you to help me to not steal that twenty dollars. All right? Because honestly, if you give me a chance, I, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna pop you and I'm gonna run. Okay? Thank you. How many of us do that? I heard a guy talking to his pastor one time and says, you know, pastor, I just keep having these, these issues with, 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 you know, with just with lust and all of this. And I just hate it. And, and pastor said, man, I'll tell you what, I can fix this. He said, how? He said, I need you right now to take this phone and I want you to tell your wife. What? Yeah, I want you to tell your wife what you're struggling with. 
What? No. That's why I'm here talking to you. It's like, well, if you really want it fixed, then be willing to bring it out into the light and to deal with it. We don't want to talk to the person we're going to offend with our struggles. And we understand that everything that falls in that sin category is ultimately a sin against God. Even if it's me sitting there and, and, and robbing him of $20, God loves him, wants him blessed, and therefore it's, a, it's still it's a sin against him and a sin against God. So therefore we feel awkward having that kind of a conversation and going, you know what, God, I'm honestly, you know, I'm pretty much thinking about quitting church. You know, I've gone to church some, and, and uh, I just want to let you know, I'm just going to kind of give you a heads up. And if I, I really need some help on this, because this is my struggle. Very few people in life will be that raw, honest with God, because we feel like it's an affront to him. But it's not. The only place where we're going to get help is the only source for help, and that's for God, from God. We have to be willing to talk to him about our struggles. Luke 11b says, lead us not into temptation. Okay? That is a different kind of phraseology. And it's a, good, it's a good interpretation of the Greek. But the Greek mindset was a little bit odd. And honestly, if it was written from an American mindset, it would have been translated, lead us away from temptation. Now, if you read this on the surface, you could think maybe God might lead me into temptation. And we're going to address that. He doesn't do that. But <clears throat> Luke 11 um, reads in the NIRV, keep us from falling into sin when we're tempted. It is this recognition that we still have patterns that, be, that have destructive ends for us and for others. And that we need God's help. Luke 11b in the message translation says, keep us safe from ourselves and the devil or the enemy. That we need to be kept safe. We need to be kept safe from this. We have to be aware of this. I love that Psalms 37, it's not in your notes, but that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. If our steps are going to be, if we're going to be good, it's because God is leading us and guiding us. And that is the only reason it's going to work like that. Because there's this tension in our lives. We know it and it shows up so early. I was amazed. Of course, having a bunch of kids, we get to see all sorts of cool stuff with our, played out with our children. And Weston, years ago, when he was real little, um, there was something on the, on the uh, table that he was not supposed to mess with. And so and he knew that that was no. And we got onto him over and over and over again. And so we look at him, and we're away from him, and we look at him, and he is going towards the table, and he has his hand out, and he's going to get it. And he's going, no, 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 no. He is rebuking himself as he is doing it. And we have that tension. And that was like it. He was barely two. We, we do the same thing. We have this tension. And if it's going to be broken, we're going to have to look at God, if we're going to see the life, he came to give us life and life more abundantly. But our life patterns have us in some destructive cycles in our life. Some more than others. But most of us have some sort of place where there is a destructive cycle. Whether it's a destructive cycle with relationships. And maybe it's just, just managed enough that we don't totally, totally blow the wheels off of it. 
but it's still hurtful. And we can't really have the life that God's called us to live. See, Hebrews 4 says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. He understands our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, and yet did not sin. Let us then approach God's, great, God's throne with grace and with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. When is the middle of our time of need? Is it after we've already blown it? Our real time of need is when we're in the middle of the struggle. If you're sitting there and you're about to click that place you know you should not click, then cry out to God. You're like, but I'm about to do it. In fact, I'm pretty sure I'm going to do it because I always do it. Cry out to God. Cry out to God in that moment. Ask Him for help. You know, maybe you know you're about to lose it and you're about to enter in and you're driving home and you're irritated with your spouse, you're irritated and you know you're just going to hit the door and scream and yell. Cry out to God. Say, Lord, help me. It's going to be ugly and it's going to be a yell match and it's going to be nasty when I walk through the door. God, I need your help for it to go in a new and a life-giving direction. He understands. He doesn't rebuke us. He understands. He totally understands. And years ago, I was in a, a youth pastor and was in ministry with my, uh, my pastor, Pastor John, who's been here a few times, his son. And we were running errands. And um, when, I had, uh, when I had been in high school, I had had a selective potty mouth. My parents did not allow me to curse. And, but somehow, as soon as I was away from my house, then it was just blah, blah, just potty mouth. And... Uh, so, but I'd gotten into a real habit of that and had broken that out of my life. And so, and it had been years. And here I am, a youth pastor. Where me and Eric are running errands. He's a co-pastor with, with me, one of the other assistants on staff. And um, all that day, there had been just little things come up. And I'd, just, and I'd just feel the F word on the end of my tongue. I mean, it was just, mm, I just, I could just feel, and I just, ugh. And I was like, where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? So finally, I just look over to Eric. And I was like, Eric, I just need you to pray for me. Because about four or five times today, there have just been little irritating things. And I've just felt it right there. He just looked at me like, all right, Brandon. And then he just prayed for me. And just in admitting it and bringing it out in the open, I didn't struggle with that again. I've never had that moment ever again in my life. But I knew that if I didn't bring that out into the open and tell somebody and let somebody know and, 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 and bring, some, bring some restoration there, then at some point, then that secret thing that I was able to keep hidden from my parents and I trained my psychology to turn it off at the one places and turn it on and live a dual life. And there was no way as a pastor I could ever live a dual life ever again. Ever. And that training, that dual life training from my high school was trying to come back into me and we had to just expose it and sometimes it's uncomfortable thankfully eric appreciated that i was honest with him and he thought it was wonderful that i shared it with him thank god i did it to the right person 
But we need to talk. <clears throat> we need to talk to the Father about dealing with our struggles, and because God never tempts us. Okay, we can if we read this wrong, read the other wrongs that lead us not into temptation. Think well, maybe sometimes He tempts us. That if we're in the middle of this, then we could go. Well, man, I don't know if I really need to talk to God about about stopping this in my life because maybe He's. Maybe he has me going through this for a reason. Maybe he's tempting me on this front. Maybe he's got this and I'm all in a twist. And maybe God's the instigator behind this to make me stronger or something. No, God does not do that. It is clear as clear can be. Let's read James 1, verse 13. It says, when tempted, it can't get any clearer than this. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and are enticed. So what's at work? It's, our, it's the stuff within us that's at work. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And then sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. And I want you to understand that little thing that you are stonewalling and you're not letting God go there. It ultimately will go to death. It will bring pain and destruction in your life. That's where it ultimately goes. That's where all that wants to go. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And so this comes from our our evil desires, or we could even say appetites. Because as you begin to build a taste for something, you'll begin to build a craving for that same thing. You eat a lot of sugar, what are you going to want? More sugar. You want to eat less sugar? Cut sugar out of your diet, and you'll eventually begin to crave it less and less and less. It's just the, that's just the way it goes. And what's amazing is, is sometimes as you begin to build a, a, an appetite for the good things, you can even see all of the wonderful things that are come out of something that maybe doesn't look very pleasant at the time. That's why we begin to, the, the Bible says no correction is fun in the moment, but it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. And we begin to see what God is doing in our lives. We can begin to get excited about it. Every, uh, when it begins to have hit hunting season, I think of this story every time. I've told it multiple times, but it's one of my favorite stories. And um, uh, Brooklyn um, was, uh, I'd, years ago, she was about four years old, and uh, she's 16 now. And I'd uh, uh, shot a deer for all those, you know, we, we consume it. We're not shoot and release. So, and, and uh, so we, we, we use it. And um, so we can we consume it. It becomes meal for my family. And uh, so we uh, um, uh, anyway. So I had it there at the house. And Brooklyn had, Brooklyn forever has loved deer meat. She just enjoys it. She loves chicken fried deer, which is probably a, a great way to take a healthy meat and make it unhealthy. And uh, but man, it's good. And um, so I was skinning this deer on our back porch and uh so i would try to shield the kids from it because it could be a little gory to see this carcass and uh strung up on the back porch and uh brooklyn comes out and i'm sitting there and all it skins off and you just see the 
the skinless deer. And uh, so um, Brooklyn sits there, and she's looking at it. She goes, Daddy, that looks delicious. Mm, that is awesome. Raising her right. But I tell you what, even to me, that did not look delicious. It looks gross. It looks better when it looks like a steak and it's in a package. And it looks even better when it's been prepared and it's on my plate. But at that moment, and it looks cute when it's in the field before it's been shot. But in that moment, it does not look delicious. It is not cute. It is not appetizing. It is not anything unless you see the final product. And then it looks delicious. Part of this is coming to God as we're asking him, God, rework my appetites. God, there are these things that I know are destructive. And in my struggles, I am desiring this thing that is going to hurt me and people I love. And God, rework my appetites. There are things that may not look as good to me now as they should be. But what you're going to do through them is beautiful. And help me to see it the way you see it. 1 Corinthians 10 says, so then if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you could bear. But when you are tempted, he'll provide you a way out so that you can endure it. He will give you a glimpse. He'll give you a moment where you're able to make a life-giving decision. And you know what? I have sat down and it is heartbreaking. Because it's one thing for somebody to make a destructive decision. When they're just deceived. They're just not seeing the picture. And then you sit down with somebody and you talk to them. And they totally know that they are going to ruin their lives. But you know what? I want to do it, so I'm going to. What can you do? What can you do? Some people will just wide-eyed do it anyways. Galatians 6 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin... You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves so that you <clears throat> or you also may be tempted. Carry one another's burdens, and in the same way, fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Both of these scriptures talk about the fact of making sure we're not deceived on this area of temptation. If you think that you can leave this last part of our prayer model out, you know what, Brandon, I, I really don't struggle with much. Well, then you struggle with seeing your life clearly because there's something God's wanting to do in your life. You're in a place of deceived, and if you feel like you're not having any temptation, there's nothing that you're needing to deal with, then, man, that's where you need to, to open your eyes the most because we're all in a process. We're all being moved forward. And then the last thing I want to close with real quick is I, I believe that our greatest temptation, and so many of these other things can just be dealt with if we'll deal with this one thing right here, that our greatest temptation is to go through life like God's not there. How many of us have believe, as believers live our lives, make our decisions, do all of these different things, the wheels come off, everything's crashing, and then we go, oh God, I need some help. When we should have been pulling into God at every choice, at every moment. In all of those times between there and the wheels coming off and us crying out to God, we were making decisions like God wasn't present. We had given in to that temptation and it just opens the door 
to so many others. See, Hebrews 6, 11 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You got to believe and be aware that he's present and that seeking him, seeking his presence, being aware of his presence is worth it. That he, he rewards those who do it. That it comes with life and life more abundant. It's not this kind of reward that says, oh, you sought me. Woo, here's your little, here's your little token of blessing. You played, my little, you played my little game. No, it's that, that as we seek him, there is the rewards of life come with that. That's where they come. Matthew 26, 41 says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, is willing. You're here this morning because you are willing to give God a try. You're willing to move forward with God. You're willing. That's why you showed up. But guess what? This other thing is at play in our lives as well. The flesh is so often so weak. And we have to cry out to God and say, God, you are my strength. When I can't, you can. You're the one. Your strength is made perfect in my weakness. And Galatians 5.16 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Our prayer needs to be a lot like that U2 song that we subtitled this. I know the real title is Ultraviolet. I know that. But everybody understands it as light my way. And that needs to be our prayer. God, light my way. I will stumble. I will make a mistake. I will do this unless you're showing me. And that's why he's given us the Holy Spirit to live within us, to guide us into all truth. John 16, 13 says, However, then, the spirit of truth has come, and he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, he shall speak. And he will announce to you the things that are to come. Ephesians 3. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. That's what this is about. Us leaning into God isn't about him having marionette strings and controlling us. He's given you free reign already. That's why we can put our lives in the tailspin that they get in. It's not about control. It's about relationship and us choosing to honor him and to love him and pursue him. And he loves you so much. He's willing to have the hardest conversations you've ever had in your life. When you get raw and honest about the struggles that you have and say, God, I will hurt myself in this way. I have over and over and over again. Please show me a new way. And he will show you a new way. He will. That's why you and I have to be patient with each other. Radically crazy patient with each other. Not being judgmental and loving each other. So that we can stay in the presence of God and let God alone do the work that really changes our lives. That's where it happens. That is so where it happens. Next Sunday, 
we're going to kick off something I call the, the 60-60 challenge or the 60-60 experiment. And I want to challenge us all, and I, I pray that you just begin to get ready for it, that we want to go 60 days, and during our waking hours, not waking up in the middle of the night, but during our waking hours, every 60 minutes, take time to just acknowledge God. Maybe you're here this morning and somebody just drug you here and you're like, well, preacher, I'm not even a, I don't even believe in Jesus. Well, then I challenge you, I challenge you. Take 60 days and every 60 minutes. If he's not there, then, it, you know, no big deal then. And say, God, if you're there, reveal yourself to me. For 60 days, every 60 minutes, I challenge you to do it. If you're a believer and you've been walking with God brand new, this is a great time to just jumpstart things. Maybe you've been walking with God for a long time. This is a great time to go to the next level. But during your waking hours. Now, now I'm not talking about super long prayers. Remember the Lord's Prayer takes about a minute and 15 seconds. When Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, he didn't say, all right, buckle down. You better have had a meal because we're going to be here a while. It was a minute and 15 second prayer. Okay? It doesn't have to be long, exhaustive things. It can just be take this moment and go, God... Thank you for what you've done for me. God, show me a better way. God, help me in this. And just quit ignoring God's presence all the time. And I'm telling you, it will transform your life. There's an app called Soul Revolution. You can find it on Android or iPhone, and it'll ding you every 60 minutes. You just set it up during the hours you want it to do it. You can set an alarm. This watch was given to me by a church whenever we were introduced to the 6060 experiment while we were traveling in 2008. I've preached every Sunday with this watch on. Every message of Celebration Church has been with this watch. And it reminds me all the time to be aware of the presence of God. To be aware that He's with me. I'm telling you to revolutionize your life. And we're going to get that started next week. But I want us to understand that all relationships grow through communi- communication. And Jesus modeled for us how to talk to God in a life-giving way. It can be so much more real and honest than you ever dreamed it could be. It can be so much more alive than you thought it could be. Freeing and liberating and and life-giving. It's not a religious thing to do. It's a relationship thing to do. Prayer changes it. It just makes a difference. It just really does. So what I want to do right now is create a quiet moment. If you're here and you say, you know what, Brandon, um, you know, this, this God who loves us, and you, t- you talked about, you know, that God has made the way that he's, he has, he's reconciled all of the tension and the pain and all of that, the sin issue, he dealt with it. And I want to I I take that. I want what Jesus did to count for me. That Jesus paid for sin, and I want his to have, him to have paid for mine and that he gives new life and I want it fresh today so if that's you then I want you to just raise your hand and we're going to pray with you this isn't about joining the church this is about just fresh life amen yes yes (laughs) yes awesome awesome believers I asked you to just lift your voices with them they've already believed in their hearts but let's just let them confess with their mouths. We're going to confess with them. I want you to, to just borrow my words as I give them to you. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you did.
that you sent your son to die for my sin. And you did all the work of making me right with you. And I believe that today. I thank you for giving me your spirit. And that's going to change me from the inside out. I give you permission to do that. Give me patience to walk this out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes. I love it. I love it. All right, we've got some folks over here. Uh, Larry will be over here. We have some gifts. If you raised your hand, you made that decision. Um, We've got a Bible and some music and some stuff about this new life with God to put into your hands. If you need prayer, we've got the Oglesby's who will be over here and be ready to pray.